Well, it is so good to be back on the program to talk about such important issues today as the popping of balloons. Alpha Joe Biden has popped the Chinese balloon and Trumpists are furious. Why are they furious? Well, it's not even clear that they know. Oh, boy. Uh, I want to make clear that for me, this story is really about the meta narrative. In other words, there is a hilarious story here that has developed, and it is the story being told about the story being told about this Chinese surveillance balloon. And so we're not really talking about the balloon per se, but we're talking about the narrative about the narrative of the balloon. And the story in reality is not really about Joe Biden or Donald Trump, but there is something so funny about right wingers spending a couple of days saying weak beta Joe Biden isn't going to do anything about the balloon. Biden orders the balloon blown up. And then we found out that similar balloons, maybe the same balloon, actually crossed over U.S. territory three times when Donald Trump was president. Now, that being said, I'm not going to tell you anything we don't believe to be true. It seems right now that Trump was not actually told about that. Now, this is the subject of some controversy and we're going to talk about it, but it seems as though the latest claims are the Trump administration or Trump specifically was not actually told about this during his administration. And so we will get to that. The Associated Press has a worthwhile article if you want to get caught up on this balloon bickering over Biden's actions and China's intentions. The uh, article reads Republican lawmakers Sunday accused China of deliberately surveilling sensitive U.S. military sites with a suspected spy balloon and said the Biden administration had given Beijing an intelligence opening by not downing the balloon during its high altitude drift during American airspace. Now, understand that if you down the balloon while it is over U.S. land, it's extraordinarily dangerous. And so there was a decision made to wait until it was over water. And that is when the balloon was popped. And this is actually what we are talking about here. China, meanwhile, accused the U.S. of indiscriminate use of force when the American military shot it down. The vice foreign minister said he lodged a formal complaint with the U.S. embassy. Very, very aggressive. They are not happy about it. Um, Then there is an article from the uh, from Business Insider. Republicans are blaming Biden for letting a suspected Chinese spy balloon cross into the U.S., It happened three times during the Trump administration, officials say. Um, Would Trump have let China fly a spy balloon over our country, tweeted Jim Jordan. Chinese spy balloons were sighted three times during the Trump administration. Now, I tweeted yesterday um, that the story was there's a Chinese balloon over U.S. airspace. MAGA says Biden won't blow it up. Biden blows it up. MAGA says big deal. Any president would have blown it up. And then we learned actually it flew over U.S. airspace three times under Trump and Trump didn't blow it up. It is believed right now. It is believed right now that the Chinese spy balloons that flew over U.S. airspace in U.S. airspace under Trump were not discovered until Trump was no longer in office. And if that's the case, my tweet yesterday was based on the information we had then and we've since learned more. So you don't need to include that to realize the absurdity of the story about the story. The story about the story is Trump tough on China, Biden weak on China. 
That's the that's the the the, the meta narrative that exists here. In reality, what we have is Biden immediately went to military advisors, was told we can pop it, but it could actually hurt people if we did it while it was over land. So if you give the order, sir, you can give the order for us to pop it when it's not over land, over water, took a couple of days for it to reach that position. And then it was indeed popped. Trump did not do anything like that about these balloons. Our best information now is that Trump didn't have that opportunity, and that's perfectly fine. But the story of Biden very, very weak on China, Trump very, very strong on China continues to fall apart. And something about this balloon story has massively triggered Donald Trump. Let's see if we can figure out what it is over the weekend. Failed former President Donald Trump spent a ton of time on his social media platform, Truth Social, Central Truth, Truth, call it whatever you want. One of the topics which Trump addressed was this spy balloon, as it is being called from China, which was popped by Joe Biden and Donald Trump sending a number of outrageous troths. Let's just dig right into them and see if we can figure out why is the guy so triggered? Is it because of his failing presidential campaign? Is it because he wants attention? Is it because it's a sort of if I can't play in the sandbox, I'm going to poop in it so none of the other kids can play it in either? I don't know. Trump trothing quote, the Chinese balloon situation is a disgrace, just like the Afghanistan horror show and everything else surrounding the grossly incompetent Biden administration. Now, what's funny about that is on on Afghanistan, when Trump was asked, what exactly would you have done differently than Joe Biden? He couldn't articulate anything he would have done differently. Biden executed the Trump plan. And similarly, just like Biden popped the balloon, Trump probably would have popped the balloon. So it's kind of kind of a weird start. Trump continues. They are only good at cheating in elections and disinformation. And now they are putting out that a balloon was put up by China during the Trump administration in order to take the heat off the slow moving Biden fools. China had too much respect for Trump for this to have happened, and it never did. Just fake disinformation. Well, it turns out that that's not true. It turns out that there were Chinese spy balloons, which three times flew over U.S. airspace in U.S. airspace under Trump. Now, in Trump's defense, you all know that there is plenty to slam Trump about. I don't need to make things up in Trump's defense on this issue. The latest report as of a few hours ago is that the Trump administration uh, was not told about these balloons when they were uh, over in U.S. airspace. Um, that this was learned about after Biden took office. So if that's the case, Trump's just going further. Trump's saying China never would have done it. Well, China did do it. You just didn't know about it. Trump contribute continuing on Troth Central quote, who sends a billion dollar blimp with the most sophisticated equipment in the world and large enough to hold 10 cars or three large buses into a complex pattern over the United States without it quite possibly being manned, such as the manned spacecraft. China should have been called to ask if no, shoot it down. If yes, negotiate the greatest deal ever. I guess Trump is saying that he believes that such a balloon likely would have been manned, even though there's no evidence of that. And if so, he would have tried, I guess, to kidnap the balloon and its pilot, which didn't exist 
and extort the Chinese or something. I mean, this is a very crazy way to manage foreign relations. But after all, it is Trump. And then maybe the funniest troth of all. Trump then closing it out with, quote, the Chinese would never have floated the blimp, quote, balloon over the United States if I were president. And as I already mentioned to you, Chinese spy balloons did fly in U.S. airspace three times while Donald Trump was president of the United States. As far as we believe right now, Trump wasn't told about it. But China did indeed have the audacity. Often they play up. Well, you know, Putin never would have invaded because he was scared and China never. Well, China did. China did the thing he says they never would have done. Now, the third piece to this fiasco is what's the wildest conspiracy theory to come out of it? Well, let's look at that next. Fox News host Trump brown noser and vile propagandist conspiracy theorist Maria Bartiromo has unleashed maybe the wackiest balloon conspiracy theory I heard in the last 24 hours. Maria's suggestion is she's just asking questions. Remember, did the balloon. OK, let me even back it up. Did China send the balloon so that it would be popped by Biden so that then it would disperse surveillance products that are solar powered to now allow unlimited surveillance. I read a science fiction book with technology like this. Let's listen to what Maria Bartiromo says. China did it drop and disperse surveillance products powered by solar energy to allow unlimited surveillance. And why did it take U.S. officials so long to shoot it down? Was it a test for the CCP to see if it can send something into America's airspace undetected? Right. And how much surveillance is communist China performing on America right now? Right. So, of course, China is performing surveillance on the U.S. The U.S. is performing surveillance over China. U.S. is performing surveillance over Russia and Russia over the U.S. This is sort of the way things work. But this is a wacky, wacky conspiracy theory. And it's funny on a couple levels. First of all, these right wingers are constantly talking about how unreliable solar energy is. You know, when it's cloudy, it doesn't work. Did you know that when there's no sun, when it's nighttime, you don't get any solar energy? OK, all of a sudden, the very technology they claim is worthless and shouldn't really be a part of American energy mix. They are saying it's being used in the most sophisticated way we can imagine which is that the balloon was filled with solar powered surveillance elements, which have now been dispersed across the United States because the balloon was popped by stupid Joe Biden. Fine. First, it was Biden won't pop the balloon. Now it's Biden popped it. But is that exactly what China wanted Biden to do? The other funny thing about it is the uh, military under Biden's orders waited until the balloon was over water to pop it so that it wouldn't present a risk to people. And so whatever was just released, I guess, is now doing surveillance on the bottom of the ocean or whatever the case may be. Um, I actually wonder if the balloon is what made that massive dump of ballots on election night. We should really look into that. One other funny clip here related to this uh, Republican Senator Marco Rubio was interviewed by uh, uh, ABC's Jonathan Carl and Rubio showed up and he says, you know what, China, the message China was sending was you guys, you, the United States under Biden, you're not going to do anything about this balloon. 
And then Jonathan Carl points out, well, it was actually shot out of the sky. And Rubio's like, yeah, but and then he inserts a wacky word salad it over the sky. And the message they were trying to send is uh, what they believe internally. And that is that the United States is a once great superpower that's hollowed out, that's in decline. And the message they're trying to send the world is, look, these guys can't even do anything about a balloon flying over U.S. airspace. How can you possibly count on them if, if something were to happen in the Indo-Pacific region? You're going to count. How can you count on them if they're not going to do anything about a balloon over U.S. airspace? Right. Except they did. How are they going to come to the aid of Taiwan or, or stand with the Philippines or Japan or India if, when the Chinese move on their territory? So I, I think that that's really the, the key part here is they, they knew exactly what they were doing. And, um, and there was a message behind it. But the balloon was shot out of the sky. What, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, the, the, the balloon was taken down. Yeah, and I think they understood that ultimately that would probably be what would could happen. And then they would make this other statement about, oh, the U.S. is overreacting. It's just a weather balloon. Look how silly they got. That's part of it as well. But what they know the world is going to see is you have a balloon that entered through the Alaska, traversed everywhere from Idaho and Montana across the Midwest over some of the most sensitive. I mean, look at the, the plight path that this thing took. It's not coincidental. It went over. Right. So first, the problem is, listen. They're, they do this and they know we're not going to do a damn thing about it. Well, but we did. We shot it out of the sky. Right. But look at the flight path that it took. And anyway, they had a response queued up. These people will say anything. They will be confronted with the facts and then they will just spit out another word salad. It's conspiracies and meaningless rhetoric all the way down. Is there a real story here about surveillance? Of course there is. Of course there is. Is the story being taken seriously by people like Marco Rubio and Maria Bartiromo? You know the answer. Of course, the answer is no. Let's talk about plastic. 100 billion plastic bags are used and thrown away each year. Huge contributor to plastic waste. You might think there's no way around it. Think again. Our sponsor, Hold On Bags, makes trash bags and zip seal kitchen bags that are heavy duty, plant based and non toxic. So they break down in weeks rather than decades and they don't fill up our landfills or pollute our oceans. Hold on. Zip seal kitchen bags come in sandwich or gallon sizes for all of your needs. And because they are plant based, hold on trash bags and their zip seal kitchen bags are 100 percent home compostable. So what I do is I put my food garbage in a hold on bag throw the whole thing into the compost pile. It's fantastic. But even for everyday garbage I'm putting in the dumpster, there is something really simple and easy I can do to make a difference just to save plastic, to shop plant based bags and replace single use plastics all over your home. Go to holdonbags.com slash Pacman. Use the code Pacman for 20 percent off. That's H-O-L-D-O-N bags.com slash Pacman. Code Pacman for 20% off. The info is in the podcast notes. You might remember that a few years ago, uh, the show got hacked and many thousands of dollars were stolen. We never got it back. It's a terrible feeling. It can happen to anyone. But a couple of years ago, we got Aura, which really gives us significantly more peace of mind. And our sponsor, Aura, is the app that protects you from scammers by alerting you anytime your info like email, passwords, social security number are found in data breaches. Aura also automatically requests removal of your info from search engines and it can reduce spam calls. 
Aura alerts you quickly about suspicious credit inquiries, like if someone tries to take a loan out in your name. And Aura's password manager makes it easy to keep your account secure to begin with. Aura also has parental controls for your kids' devices. You can restrict apps or manage screen time, set focus time, make sure they're doing homework instead of binging on YouTube. You can try Aura free for 14 days at aura.com slash Pacman. Use the free trial to see if your email password are already out there. You may be surprised. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash Pacman to try Aura free for 14 days. The link is in the podcast notes. With total peace, love and respect, I ask you if you'd like to support the work that we are doing, get yourself a membership at joinpacman.com. We have an entire extra show that we do every day for our members. It's called The Bonus Show. Oh, The Bonus Show, where you want to make money. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad. Quite simply, yes, Alex, that is what it is. It is an extra show every day, and it is part of how we fund what we do. We also offer a commercial free audio and video stream of the show every day, hours before the show is published for everybody else. We also have members-only town halls, and we now have the David Pakman show soundboard. Thank your lucky stars every day. You're not Dave Pakman. We have the soundboard available to you in the membership control panel. All of those things and more at joinpacman.com. Is anti-globalism just anti-Semitism? A viewer named Jesse wrote to me about this, and I think it's a good opportunity to talk about whether this entire obsession that the right has with how globalists are bad, globalist, internationalist, Trotskyite, socialist, unlike Obama, Trudeau, Macron. Okay, yeah, you get it. Whenever a right winger or a reactionary talks about the globalist system and the globalists and all of it, they are often actually referring to the idea of a Jewish conspiracy to control this, that or the other thing. Now, They use code words to mask their intentions. And many of the people touting this anti-globalist stuff don't even realize that it is a thinly veiled anti-Semitic conspiracy. Many of them are just regurgitating talking points that they heard from somebody else without even really understanding the origins or the oranges of so-called anti-globalism. Globalism exists in the in what what I mean is the idea of globalism as something separate from Jews are doing stuff does exist. Globalism is the operation and planning of economic and foreign policy on a global basis, right? That would be when rather than as individual countries, you have global economic planning, you have global foreign policy planning. That's a real thing in terms of it could be something that exists. Most of these right wingers that talk about globalism don't actually give a damn about real globalism, as I just described it to you. For many of them, it's just another way to spread their hateful ideology, to place a target on particular people. And it is often a thinly veiled placeholder for anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. It's actually similar to I. This is so fraught to ever mention George Orwell's 1984 because it's so often mentioned in ways that has actually nothing to do 
or have nothing to do with what George Orwell wrote about. But when you think back to Orwell's 1984 and you think about Goldstein as a tool to fuel hatred towards Jews, a bogeyman or a boogeyman, depending on your preference, anti-globalism has become a similar coded dog whistle version of anti-Semitism. And so it's a way that right wingers can spread their hate and their intolerance under a more politically correct veneer. They claim to be against political correctness. They want to just say things as they are, say things as they are for them would be to be going after Jews. But I guess they realize they have to be a little more politically correct. Maybe I don't know. And so they're calling it we're against globalism rather than we just have these conspiracy theories about Jews. We have seen this kind of talk before, and I know many of you know exactly where we have to go back to, and it's the 1930s. And we saw where it led then disastrous consequences for marginalized communities, including Jews and others as well. So what we really should do as we I mean, it's like, okay, David, great. Many of us suspected that anti-globalism is really just coded anti-Semitism. But what can we actually do about it? Well, one thing you can do is call it out for what it is. Anti-globalism isn't this harmless political viewpoint. It's a form of anti-Semitism with the potential to lead to terrible things. And one idea, just one idea for how to handle it is when you hear these folks start talking about globalism, how globalism is bad. Ask them to explain exactly which policies and initiatives they're opposed to. It's very easy for them to say, well, I'm against all of the ideology of George Soros and Klaus Schwab, for example. But that's not policy. Ask them for policy. Now, some may say, well, I'm against dealing with climate in a global way, like, for example, with the Paris Climate Accords. Okay, we could talk about Paris climate, but most of them won't actually have any examples of the globalism they claim to be against. And what's what's interesting is and kind of funny and sad for people spending so much time talking about globalism, you would think they'd be able to list at least a bunch, at least a few globalist policies. But in my experience, I would be shocked if they can actually name a single one. Maybe they'll mention Paris climate. Uh, But of course, countries can just opt out as Trump did opt out the United States during his presidency. So, yes, anti-globalism, a very flimsy veneer for anti-Semitism. Democrats have made a massive dump of Iowa as the first vote in the 2024 primary. I think this is very interesting. And quite frankly, I'm in favor of it. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about why Reuters has a good explainer. Very, very straightforward. What's going on? Democrats approve Biden's revamped primary calendar. The DNC on Saturday approved a shakeup of the 2024 primary calendar, giving black voters a greater say in the nominating process and carving an easier path for Biden's expected reelection bid. The party's vote Saturday replaces the famed Iowa caucuses as the first in the nation with South Carolina, a state with significantly more black voters and one that saved Biden's 2020 presidential campaign. It would be followed by New Hampshire and Nevada one week later, then by Georgia and Michigan. Now, we've talked about this for a while. Now, this is happening at what is arguably a politically fraught time because I've been saying we need to do something like this 
for multiple election cycles. Why is Iowa first? Iowa is is 90 percent white. It's extraordinarily rural. It's not representative of anything about the Democratic Party or voters in general or preferences for candidates. It just gets a lot of attention because it's first. And why is it first? It's not really clear that it should be. So for a very long time, I've been saying South Carolina is not a bad choice. Racially, South Carolina is very much more aligned with uh, national demographics. You know, Iowa's 90 percent white. South Carolina is 69 percent white. That is much closer to the U.S. population. You could look at other demographics. You could say, well, how did, what about education? What about age? What about you can always pick and say, this state is more representative in this way, but that state is more representative. In that. OK, we, we could do that. One thing is for sure. Iowa is neither representative, nor should it be first every time around. So we've floated different ideas over time. What about a different order every election cycle? It could be randomized. So one year it's one state that goes first, one year it's another or picking particular states. I think South Carolina is a fine state to go first. I think moving on to New Hampshire, Nevada, Georgia, Michigan, these are certainly more representative states in many ways than Iowa. The reason this is now becoming particularly contentious is that you might remember that in 2020, South Carolina saved Joe Biden. Joe Biden was not doing particularly well in those early primaries. Now, you could say, well, he wasn't doing well, but those were early primaries, not representative of the national Democratic electorate. That'd be one perspective. So you could say it made sense that when you got to a more representative state like South Carolina, Biden did well and then he went on to win. The counterpoint to that is that the South Carolina situation was very much stage managed to deny Bernie the nomination um, and to uh, get Joe Biden um, uh, the electoral votes that uh, he he not the the, uh, delegate votes, delegate numbers that he needed. And you might remember that uh, James Clyburn came out and uh, endorsed and strongly supported Joe Biden, followed by a number of other candidates, including Pete Buttigieg, who dropped out at a time that was very convenient for Joe Biden. So although this would make sense any year, this particular election cycle, it really does seem pointed at helping Joe Biden, who has not yet announced his reelection campaign, but is indeed expected to. Let me know your thoughts. Does this make sense because it makes sense? Does it make less sense because it specifically is likely to help Biden? What do you think? Make sure that you weigh in, which you can do on our Instagram by finding us at David Pakman show or, of course, on the YouTube channel, which exploded after I came to you with tears in my eyes for help at the end of January, added almost forty five thousand new YouTube subscribers in January. Make sure you are one of the one point six closing in on one point seven million. We'll take a quick break and be right back. One of our sponsors today is Fume. Fume is on a mission to accelerate humanity's breakup from the bad habits that consume far too many of us, including ones that harm our health. Fume is a natural diffusive device that uses plants and behavioral science to trade out your negative habit for a positive one. Fume is not a vape. 
It's a non-electronic device designed to transform your negative habits instead of pods filled with potentially harmful chemicals like a vape. Fume uses cores infused with plants like peppermint and cinnamon for delicious natural flavors. Fume's new version two model is snappy and tactile with an adjustable airflow dial and a magnetic end cap that's fun to fidget with. It's Fume's goal to make switching easy or even enjoyable. They have thousands of five star reviews from people just like you who have successfully switched when other solutions didn't work. Head to tryfume.com and use the code PACMAN to get 10% off today when you get the Journey Pack, which comes with three unique flavors and the new version to Fume. That's T R Y F U M.com. Code PACMAN saves you 10% on the Journey Pack. The info is in the podcast notes. Did you know that half of Americans are deficient in vitamin A, vitamin C and magnesium? Most Americans are deficient in vitamin D. I take vitamin D during the winter. It is sometimes difficult to eat exactly the right amount of each food to get exactly what you need. I just make my life simpler with AG1 by Athletic Greens in the morning. One scoop of AG1. I get the entire day's worth of 75 high quality vitamins, minerals and whole food sourced ingredients. It's what I want. It's no more. It's no less. It's not making any outlandish claims. It's just an easy, sustainable routine. I've tried different ways of taking vitamins. AG one is cheaper. It's quicker. It's tastier. I'm not fumbling around with different capsules. It tastes great to drink straight with water. Sometimes I'll put it in a smoothie or shake. It's simple. It's something easy you can do going into the new year, staying properly nourished. Athletic Greens is giving my audience a free year supply of vitamin D. I take that every day in winter. Plus, you'll get five free travel packs of AG1. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. That's athleticgreens.com slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Our correspondent and occasional guest host, Luke Beasley, whose channel you can find at davidpackmancom slash Luke, went to Donald Trump's South Carolina event. This was that extraordinarily low energy event that Jesse Dollimore covered for us last week. Now, this is a completely whacked group of people that went to this event, and I'm going to play some clips of Luke speaking to them in a moment. But one of the things that many of you have emailed me about is, David, I'm worried about Luke. Many of you said it it is. Is he is he safe at these events? And at this event, for the first time that I'm aware of, people started shouting insults and threats to Luke as it became clear that he was asking completely respectful, but certainly adversarial questions as he conducted his interviews. We're going to get to that and we've got to talk about Luke's safety in a bit. We're going to first start with We will call him guy number one. Let's just get right into it. I present these without any introduction. Uh, This is pretty wacky stuff. Buckle up. I know what the truth is, and I believe everything that happened in January 6th is going to be revealed. Every bit of it. And now uh, we know what happened on January 6th. uh, I don't know exactly what you're referring to. So what would you say that is? What occurred on January 6th? I'm talking about Nancy Pelosi, which she instigated. And the information she's got will be found on her laptop and that will be eventually it will be revealed to the American people. 
It's not just Hunter's laptop now. It's Nazi Pelosi's, as he says. So Nancy Pelosi instigated January 6th. I bet she did. What would be the purpose of them coordinating this? Great question. What's the end game there? The end game is to get Trump out so he doesn't win the presidency. Of course, Trump is out. Uh, The 2020 election, I believe, was uh, stolen. I think the majority of the people here believe that. 2022 was stolen. They did it again. So let me pose this to you. Um, If their goal was to get Trump out of office, and the certification was what was going on during January 6th, meaning they were doing the process to get Trump out of office, right? Certifying Biden's win, mm-hmm. then causing January 6th would be the opposite of what they would want. Because Absolutely perfect question. Why would they interrupt the process to remove Trump if what they want to do is remove Trump? Interfere with the certification, right? I, I didn't get that last part. <laughs> the actions of January 6th actually interfered with the certification. So mm-hmm. doesn't it kind of not make sense that the Democrats would have instigated January 6th if that got in the way of the certification, which they wanted, because that was going to cause Biden to become president. I just believe that uh, I am not artificially extending this silence, folks, just so you know. I don't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. Presented with a simple question, he doesn't know. Still speaking to guy number one here, Trump is really in control, he says. But if bad things happen, those aren't Trump's fault. What? And I believe God is in charge of the whole thing. He's got everybody in the place that he wants them at. He put Trump in there in 2016. And I actually believe that Trump is president right now. Whoa, really? I do. And I he's in in control through through the military. Is this mental illness? The military has more more power over the federal government and the state government. Military law. Um, How would you describe kind of as an an observer? They they know what happened during the election. I believe they have proof of it. Okay. And that will be revealed. And right now, how would you describe the state of America? It's not good. This is a brilliant set of questions by Luke, by the way. He's really getting good at this. It's not good. And so because Trump's in control, would you blame him for that? (laughs) No. No. Why not? Well, because I think things are getting better. Think of that, folks. Trump's really in charge right now. Oh, and how are things going? Terribly. So since Trump's in charge, is that his fault? No. Why not? Because things are getting better. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. We then go to lady number one. Let's see what she had to say to Luke. Here, besides Trump, what do you you want to hear from him? Or what did you before they got closed off? I've heard everything I've wanted from him. I want him to take down all the people who are in place right now. Right. So this is a super simple question, but somehow I do get different uh, answers to it. Who's the president right now? Time will tell. Time will tell. Okay. <laughs> she can't tell you who is president, but time will tell us. It, it will come out. Come on. We're, we're, we're not going to know, but I, I know. And God you know. knows. Okay. God knows, and the woman knows who is president, but we're not going to know. That's very, very interesting. Now, then we go to guy number two. Guy number two proposes a different idea altogether about what took place on January 6th. 
So you brought up uh, January 6th in the con- uh, within the context of Nancy Pelosi, her son. What do you think, because I've heard a number of different takes on this, if not the official narrative that we all saw, meaning Trump supporters angry about the statements Trump was making attacking the Capitol, what do you think happened? What was Nancy Pelosi well, coordinating or something? Right. Well, I've definitely investigated the situation. I was there. <laughs> there were buses that came in, and all one has to do is take pictures of those tags on those buses, go to those bus companies, and track who paid for them. You were there where? At Jenks Yeah. In the Capitol? I was not on the lawn. The day before when Enrique, um, a member of the Proud Boys, was busted in the airport with... He's talking about Enrique Tario. ...plastic magazines that they retailed to try to make money for their cause. I knew that the mayor and something was going on. So Take a quick pause. The FBI hasn't knocked on my door yet, but <laughs> I was smart enough to turn around and get back. Yeah, he wasn't going to be picked up as a patsy, that's for sure. So we're sticking with this guy. And he also seems to stumble upon this idea that someone else is in charge. He believes it's Barack Obama. I believe the military is in charge right now. Oh, this is one I've heard before. So if the military is in control, do you mean they're running everything? Biden isn't? We know Biden's not. Um, Biden's definitely not running anything. I believe uh, President Obama is actually calling shots right now. And everything that I've researched is pointing toward that. Do you understand the amount of research this man has done? And all of it points to Obama is in charge. But who's who's going to sit back and watch all this happen? Mike Lindell proved beyond a reasonable doubt that enough cheating went on in that election that it would have changed the outcome. Yeah. Obviously, many would say he didn't. But to move on from that, speaking of Mike, <laughs> obviously, the facts don't point to that at all. Lindell, um, he's predicted multiple times that by this date, Trump will take back over as president. The military will bring him in. Does it not make you go, oh, wait, maybe the claims he's been making about other things are also lies because he, he lied about this or right. at least falsely predicted something about this? I don't believe Mike Lindell's got a bad bone in his body. He is a true Christian. Um, I ministered for years. This guy also not only did he research and found that it's Obama who's in charge. Obama. He also was a minister and knows that Mike Lindell is really an amazing Christian. OK, now we go to guy number three. Here was we start with who is the president um, and sounds like a simple question, but I get different answers to it. Who's the president right now? Mm, definitely not Joe Biden. Mm, interesting. And who is then? Mm, well, it's, it's a I want to say it's uh, we're being it's a movie. If you think about it, I'm going to need elaboration on that. Yeah. Who's president? Not Biden. Who is president? Well, it's a movie. Mm. There's way too much things going on behind the scene to even look at what's going on in the mainstream TVs. You understand? You get that? Uh, all right. And then I would be like, no, I don't get that, dude. Diving into that, what's going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes? It's, it's hard to even fathom what end of the. the uh, this guy clearly, he knows we're not getting the truth, but he doesn't know what the truth is. It's a good way to put that word for you. The amount of pedophilia that's in this system is insane. Hmm. Just jammed up. Are you kind of. Just hearing that makes no, me think of, um, you know where I'm going? Q and I? I do. 
Yeah. No? I understand the Q thing, and there's a lot of speculation there, but yeah. I, I am a, I, I file a Q. And, uh, it may not shock you guys this is a QAnon. But do your own research. Right. Just don't hear speculation. The funny thing about do your own research is these people all claim to be doing their own research, and they come away with crazy ideas. Like, for example, uh, you, you know, Trump's president or Obama's president or Nancy Pelosi's laptop holds the key or whatever, whatever research they're doing doesn't seem to be getting them any closer to sanity. You can pull up your own information and it's crystal clear. Do you know Mike Lindell? Yes. And do you I like love him? the man to death, but I'm so sick of seeing his commercials. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So one of the things he's a good example to me of this phenomenon mm -hmm. that I see a lot in what would be called conspiracy theory circles is making a bold prediction. Yeah. Trump's going to become president by this period of time. Yeah. It doesn't happen. And then I get confused because the followers don't stop trusting him. Mike Lindell has predicted just around the corner yeah. Trump's going to be yeah. by this August, whatever, then this, yep. and that hasn't happened. Yeah, or, I agree. I agree. And why doesn't that cause you not to support them and think, oh, maybe what they're selling me is dishonest? Great question. Um, things have, uh, they have channels they have to go through and things have to happen in a certain way to happen. Even if it takes 50 years. So, uh, all right, I'm sorry. I'm on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Um, all right. So anyway, this guy loses his train of thought and it only goes downhill from there. Then we get to guy number four and hear the threats start from off camera. Good criticism of any system throughout this country is necessary. I don't think suppressing uh, any type of criticism, wrong or right, uh, is is. Just one second. I'm going to get to you next. Just try not to be too loud. So now this, there's someone hurling hurling uh, uh, abuse at Luke, and then it gets worse. All right. Sorry about that. It's not your. Yeah. Oh God. This is exactly the stuff we were all worried about, right? And so this is something we're going to have to talk about because this gets much worse. And as you can see, people looking around now, looking over what's going on here. Um, okay, that's it. I thought you were talking about with our election processes, with our. You got to come interview if you're going to be making all that noise. I want to no, hear from you. No, me, me, hey, hey. Now, now, uh, now, other people start coming over saying, "Well, dude, you, you got to calm down," and I understand. Luke's doing a really good job here, but this is what when you're trying to focus in and do an interview and there's someone so close screaming stuff this loudly at you, it is not comfortable. See, this is the problem. No, no it's OK, guys, love positivity. It's right. Hey, guys, it's right. It's right. It's right. It's right. Now, in in the defense of some of these folks there, some of these Trump people are actually telling this guy, hey, you got to lay off. That's right. Listen, we're all Americans here. And we love like, it's, see, this is the problem. This is the problem. With you. Like, so let's I, I wish like people yeah. like you and me could sit and have these discussions. That's why I'm here. Without totally things agree. like this happening. hundred percent. Like so, it, you're still taking someone else's word for it. You're still believing into someone saying, hey, hey, trust me. Oh, see, boy. and this is the biggest, see, this is the biggest problem now. We need to have discussions like this, but there's always going to be like a subset of the population that's going to. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh yeah. So Luke uh, vis visibly flustered there. Um, we then speak to a guy who believes that there's demonic oppression and Trump is really president. The guy's also wearing a star of David. Uh, again, just to just uh, um, 
remember, folks, most American Jews are very liberal. Most American Jews do not believe in demonic possession. Most American Jews do not believe Trump is really the president. All right. Uh, what about you here? What are you hoping to see and hear? I'm hoping to see the president of the United States, Donald Trump. And I came here because this country is in such bondage in mm -hmm. such demonic oppression. We are heading towards communism. It's in bondage and it's been afflicted by sadomasochism as well. What? We need people to be praying for this. Hold on. I talked over. Let's just go back a second. We are heading towards communism. What? We need people to be praying for this country, to be praying for the president, Donald Trump, and to pray for people's eyes to be opened mm. to the truth of where our country's heading, because communism is a very real thing. It's it's real. There is no communism in the United States. Marxism is a very, very real thing. Yeah, we have Marxists running our country. Who? We have babies being killed after they're born. No. We have all of these are trying to take away our First Amendment. They're no. Trying to take away our Second Amendment. No. They're trying to destroy uh, our Constitution. Pause. Let's do it one bit at a time. So you started off by saying President of the United States is that kind of because we love him or because you genuinely believe he's still the president? Both. <laughs> okay. Um, then speaking to a guy with a Let's Go Brandon FJB sweater and check out the word salad this guy delivers when Luke asks about the classified documents double standard. Uh, what's your response to the Biden classified documents scandal? Yeah. It's just hypocritical, man. The way they responded to Trump's and then not so much scandal to his on the media just really shows the power between the two parties. But I think this does play a lot better into Trump's favor because they've really quieted down more on his media side ever since that happened. Yeah. So I have heard a lot of the complaints from the right kind of being double standard. The DOJ is too aggressive at Trump. They rate him. But wouldn't you agree there's very different facts of the situation? Trump withholding the documents whereas Biden gave them up immediately. Yeah, it's just really just honestly a personal standpoint at that point. It kind of shows the This is where it goes off the rails. What is this guy talking about? The person that Trump is versus the kind of person that Biden is to where Trump's going to stand for his word and what he believes is what's going to be his way. What? While Biden is just going to play towards the system, which he's basically bought into and just kind of leaning towards that side of it. But if it would be illegal to have those documents, oh, then is it a positive yeah. to stick to his, his principles and At that keep point, them. you're already guilty for what you're having. Like, I'm not going to deny <laughs> that part keep of it. But yeah, it might, at that point, I was like, man. In, incredible. I mean, it, it, sometimes it, I really do get the impression the people who are sometimes weighing in on the, this stuff have never actually thought through their opinion until the microphone's in front of their face. And they would be much better off just saying, hey, you know what? I haven't really thought about that. Let me I should think about that before I give you an opinion. But they the mic is there and the camera turns on and they'll weigh in on whatever. Um, really good job by Luke. You can find Luke Beasley's channel. Uh, go to davidpackman.com slash Luke. And we are going to have to have a conversation about Luke's safety at these events because this this one started to get quite ugly. And uh, it's something we're going to talk about. All right. All of these clips, find them on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the David Pakman show. We will have these on TikToks and TikTok. We will have them on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Excellent job by Luke. We'll take a quick break and be right back. One of our sponsors today is Zipix Nicotine Toothpicks. Zipix brings you a convenient alternative to smoking and vaping 
and the vape clouds, the ashtrays, the thing in your lip that people can see. I've seen that around. This is an easier and less messy way to curb the cravings. And you can use Zipix just about anywhere. Zipix is available in six flavors with two or three milligram strength. The nicotine and the flavor are long lasting, and Zipix has helped countless people kick the bad habits, and they are bad habits. Zipix toothpicks are FDA registered. Their customer service is second to none. It is one of the most cost effective alternatives. Also check out their B12 and caffeine toothpicks. See for yourself why so many people have switched to Zipix toothpicks. You can only get Zipix online. Go to zipixtoothpicks.com and get 10% off with the code Pacman. That's Z-I-P-P-I-X toothpicks.com. Promo code Pacman saves you 10%. The info is in the podcast notes. Well, it has been a very tough first four weeks for endlessly lying Republican Congressman George Anthony Kitara DeVolder Santos. Uh, Not only has he been caught in numerous additional lies since taking office, he has already been accused of sexual harassment or sexual harassment. If some uh, some of our 1990s politics followers may uh, may remember it being pronounced. Um, Let's take a look at what the uh, allegations are. The New York Times reports George Santos accused of sexual harassment in Capitol Hill office. The complaint was made by a man seeking work as a house aide whose bid for a job was rejected because he faced criminal wiretapping charges in Ohio. Uh, The man, Derek Myers, briefly worked for Santos's office before the offer was rescinded earlier this week, according to the letter. Myers said in the letter he was alone with Santos on in his office on January 25 when the congressman asked him whether he had a profile on Grindr, a popular gay dating app. Then he said Mr. Santos invited him to karaoke and touched his groin, assuring him that his husband was out of town. Mr. Meyer's account could not be corroborated, but a spokeswoman for Representative Susan Wilde acknowledged that this that his letter had been received by her office. Meyer said in an interview he did file a report with the Capitol Police speaking to an officer over the phone on Twitter. He said he was making his complaint public for the sake of transparency. They are serious offenses and evidence and facts will speak for themselves if the committee takes up the matter. Um, so one of the things that I think is important here is we don't want in our criticisms of George Santos to fall into homophobic tropes. And so as an example, George Santos lied about many things. He lied about uh, his ethnicity. He lied about his work history. He lied about his educational history. He lied about his um, uh, history in athletics. He lied about his medical history. He appears to have lied about the death of his mother, uh, claiming that she died at, at least twice and on and on and on. And also we have this thing where even though he says he was open, openly gay, he was married to a woman and these different things. I've stayed away from the married to a woman thing because I'm aware that in society, uh, because of stigma uh, and shame, 
that is launched at LGBT folks in many instances. There is a long history of gay men who also were married at some point to women. And so I've kind of stayed away from that because there's so much other stuff that we can criticize him for. Even if I mean, like, you know, there's this conflict where he said he was he was openly gay, but I we don't even really need to get into that. And I don't want to get anywhere near any of these homophobic tropes on the sexual harassment thing. There are Republicans who are very quickly saying this is the problem with gay men, blah, 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 that this is has nothing to do with him being gay. He is gay. So the guy he allegedly sexually harassed happens to be a man. But we have seen most elements of sexual harassment by members of the House and Senate that they are heterosexual. And so I want to be careful in our coverage of this to stay away from anything approximating that homophobic trope. We've talked about the homophobic trope about gay men as pedophiles and the homophobic trope about gay men as uh, sexual harassers. And we want to be clear in our coverage that that is not our story. Now, that all being said, I do think it's important to remember, for example, when former Democratic Senator Al Franken resigned after just the accusation of sexual misconduct, which turned out to be a tasteless joke that took place years before Franken was even in elected office. He took a tasteless tasteless picture where he pretended he was going to touch a sleeping woman. And in their effort, I guess, to show how not like Republicans they are, even many Democrats demanded Franken resign. And he did. And uh, we want to be conscious of the differences in a lot of these different circumstances. They are not all the same. Uh, Santos is very quickly becoming the prototypical Republican. uh, That is for sure. And there's also the element of how stupid is this guy? And what I mean by that is got caught lying about everything under multiple investigations. And on January 5th, he has the audacity to allegedly do something like this in his own office. And yes, Democrats would have removed this guy a long time ago. Democrats aren't perfect. I don't care about the Democratic Party in any particular way. But on this issue, there is no chance in hell that if Santos were a Democrat and got caught doing the things he's he's got caught doing, uh, there's no chance he is still in office. And that is abundantly clear. My friends, let's talk about woke, especially and specifically the perversion of the term woke to the point where the anti wokists don't even know what they're talking about and what they mean when they talk about woke before it was perverted by the American right wing. The term woke simply meant I have become aware of the causes of social justice through activism. Pretty benign. The idea was challenge the status quo, fight against systematic and systemic oppression to try to create a better world. Pretty benign. That is not what the term means anymore. And in fact, I don't even know that anyone on the left is even still using the term in anything other than satirical fashion. And this is because over time, the term woke has been completely hijacked. Its meaning has become vague, ambiguous, and has been almost erased completely because right wingers have turned the term woke into a pejorative. They use it to demonize. They use it to dismiss people advocating for social justice. If you identify an injustice, 
the right will dismiss your concerns by saying you are just a wokester or go back to wokistan or whatever the case may be. But the very right wingers doing that don't even really know what the term means. Understand that right wing pundits are masters of playing the victim, of demonizing the opposition, of engaging in binary thinking. Everything is either this or that. There are no gray areas in the world. And they are incredibly effective at convincing viewers to align with their ideology by using these dog whistles, by using these emotional appeals and using fear and anger. We've talked about that before as well to trigger an immediate response. The problem is many people don't even understand what they're angry about, and that very much applies to wokeness. They're against wokeness because of CRT and cat litter and Black Lives Matter or something. But they've never actually taken a moment to learn. Are the cat litter stories true? No, they're not. Is there anything about critical race theory that is valuable or that I might agree with in some way? That doesn't matter. They've never taken the time to understand, actually understand what are the grievances of the Black Lives Matter movement? And even if I disagree with execution, for example, um, or like, for example, me, I have concerns about the way in which anti-Semitism has pervaded Black Lives Matter. I can still understand the causes and the worthiness of many of those. No, 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 no. They don't even really know what it means to be trans, but they're programmed to believe that it's it's wrong and it's woke. And these groups have all become so powerful and they're indoctrinating people and they're indoctrinating children. And this is how and why the term woke has become completely perverted. It is no longer. Of course, it is no longer a message to describe or a term to describe activism, social justice, but it has actually become a tool for the right to reflexively throw out without understanding it to stop conversation. Remember when the right used to love to say to some on the left, being offended isn't an argument, right? You would have these conversations where for example, during the era of uh, of the gay marriage debate, such as it was, you would have this period where people on the right would go, I just believe marriage is between a man and a woman. And someone on the left would go, I find that offensive. And the person on the right would go, being offended isn't an argument. And I agreed with them. Being offense, being offended isn't an argument. They are now doing the exact same thing when they go. That's woke crap. We don't want woke crap. They are not making an argument. They are not addressing the merits or the facts or the substance of any particular position or issue. They are using a term that much like I'm offended just serves to shut down the conversation, dismiss people's concerns and disqualify uh, their participation in those discussions. So understand the term itself has been perverted and we need to be aware of the way in which the right achieved that. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. I will have more to say about my appearances in uh, Florida last week, including on the Patrick Bet David show. But here is one voicemail about the PBD podcast appearance. David, I just saw your interview with Patrick Bet David. Yes, and you nailed it. Thank you. you. Knocked him out of the park. He did not know his talking points. You did amazing. I hope you will continue to do these kind of interviews, including on Rogan, 
uh, I'm not sure which other ones you would do, but this guy who seems to think he knows what he's talking about, right? and he's confronted by facts, and he's knocked down, and you do it in a respectful way, I think those are the kind of interviews you need to keep doing, and I hope you keep doing them. Love the show. Peace out. Well, listen, I received both positive and negative comments about the PBD appearance. I actually do think I could have been better prepared in some areas. I didn't know what he was going to talk to me about, but there were areas where I felt I could have been better prepared. I think it went okay. You know, the thing about doing a lot of these, especially the ones that are in person, is it's a ton of work. And last week I was I was on vacation anyway, so it sort of worked out. But often in order to do a single podcast appearance, I have to miss. Usually it's like two days of the show. We need guest hosts. All of this stuff costs money, logistics, et cetera. So it's it's really a logistical limitation. And, and they are more compelling when I'm in person than than via Skype. Like, I understand that. So I'm hoping to do more. The Lex Friedman thing got canceled. Lex canceled it. I don't know that Rogan's interested in ever having me on again, uh, but we're going to try to keep doing a mix of stuff and we will be publishing uh, the PBD podcast with my comments very soon and uh, appreciate everybody's thoughts on uh, on on how it went. We have a fantastic bonus show for you today. Ted Cruz wants a two term limit for senators, but he wants a third term. Remember, the rules don't apply to him, right? Uh, We will talk about a ban on marijuana users owning guns being found unconstitutional by the ruling of a judge. And we will talk about limiting sugar in school meals for the first time. How has this not happened before? All of those stories and more on today's bonus show. Use your machine to sign up at joinpacman.com. We're doing a class action lawsuit against all machines. Yes, sign up before Pillow takes your machine. And you can use the coupon code 24 starts now to get a discount. It's great to be back. I will see you on the bonus show or otherwise.